God the Father of all men, ruler of all nations, master of the universe, Lord of all creation, can it be that we are the people of the We've been looking at uh, these different balanced beliefs for the past few Sundays. And I'm just going to tell you that this balanced belief is a little different type of balanced belief than these other ones we've looked at. The ones we've looked at up to this point, we, we've kind of noticed how this belief over here and this belief over here, they're both right. They're both true. And that we need to kind of balance those two things out and recognize the way that they both fit together. That's how most of the balance uh, beliefs that we've looked at ha have gone. And just to kind of remind you of, of a list of some of these that we've looked at, you know, we've We've looked at how Jesus was both God and man. We looked at how uh, God is both a God that's full of love and also he is wrathful at times. And we also looked how Jesus does those same things like our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit even does that. We looked at how we are in the world, but at the same time, we're not of the world. And last week, we took a look at uh, the, the uh, connection between faith on the one hand and works on the other hand. And today, we're going to see this balanced belief that shows up in Revelation. It's to the church of Laodicea. Now, you know, this is the, the first part of Revelation where uh, Jesus is actually addressing these seven different churches of Asia. And one of those churches, what he tells them is to the church of Laodicea. And he actually starts talking about their deeds. So it's, it's pretty appropriate that last week we looked at our faith, how it needs to be backed up with our works as well and our deeds. Well, Jesus says, look, I know your deeds. And I'm not too happy. And the reason why he wasn't happy is because this uh, this example that he kind of gives is that they weren't hot on the one hand and they weren't cold, but they actually were trying to sort of ride the fence right here in the middle and they were just being lukewarm about it. And you might have your own ideas about what it means to be hot or cold when it comes to this connection. And, uh, and I hope that I can share with you some things about it. Um, and uh, we, we'll take a look at all these things together as we look at the words that Jesus says to the church at Laodicea. So let's turn to the book of Revelation and notice what he says there. And this balanced belief, like I said, it's gonna be a little different because this church was told 
by Jesus that he wishes that they were either hot on one hand or cold on the other. But they chose to be right in the middle. Look, we got to find out what this hot and this cold is. So let's look at it. Revelation chapter 3 verses 14 through 18. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Let's let's pause here and notice what he's saying because there's more that he says to this church, but let's make sure that we're kind of uh, following along already with what he's stating. Now, each one of these passages where Jesus identifies himself, you know, he he says some things about himself. And this time, look, he is the amen. He is this one who is faithful and true witness, but he's also this ruler of God's creation. So we see these are the 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 uh, the attributes of Jesus that are connected with this church. And this church really needs to learn these things about Jesus. Well, they have deeds. Yeah, okay, they do. In verse 15, he says, look, I know what your deeds are. You're neither hot nor cold. And he says, I wish you were either one or the other. Now, sometimes we take this, this passage, and, and I want to just comment on this because I, I, uh, I'm a little concerned of where it could lead to us, uh, lead us to. Because sometimes this passage is kind of um, interpreted to mean that Jesus wants us to either be on fire for God or he wants us to be like, you know, cold and, and just and turn our backs on him, I, I guess is kind of how people might sort of take that. And, you know, maybe you've kind of thought about that for, before, that that's what Jesus is saying right here. But I would actually suggest to you that I don't think that actually fits what Jesus would want from us. I mean, do you, from everything that we read about Jesus, do you really think that he would want us to just be completely opposed to him or completely on his side? I don't know that that's really uh, what we read about when we, when we see Jesus. And I think there's a, a different way to interpret this cold or hot. And I think that there's, there's a better way to interpret this cold or hot. Because Jesus says he wishes that they were either one or the other. This is what I believe that he is saying. He's talking about water, right? Well, if you look at it, uh, historically speaking, I'm not going to get into all the, the things about uh, which different direction and, and what location and stuff all these things are. But if you kind of research some of this area, you'll find out that around Laodicea, uh, there was a community around them that was known for hot water, okay? Hot water, you know, hot springs. And maybe you've kind of heard about hot springs before, and they're kind of known for being rich in minerals, and sometimes people will take baths in them. And at a time before electricity, you know, right now, we can just kind of draw ourselves a bath, and it's just nice and refreshing and stuff. But to them, they had these natural hot springs that you could kind of just soak in, and, and they were... Um, they had these properties that were just kind of nice and soothing to people. So they were very useful. That hot water was very useful. But then there was another place and another type of water that was cold. If you have cold springs, it's really refreshing. I mean, after all, how many times would you like to be out working, you know, so much? And then whenever you come in to get a, a nice 
uh, cold glass of water, what if you find that that water is not cold and it doesn't have ice in it and it's just lukewarm? It's not very tasty at that time to most of us. And that's why he uses this image, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Not to get too graphic in this, but honestly, if you kind of look at how other translations do it, uh, it's my understanding that um, spitting you out of my mouth is a little little mild. Uh, I think that the, the translation vomit you out of my mouth is a little bit more like what Jesus is saying. And, and I think he's using the term vomit for a reason. He wants us to recognize this is serious. So what is he saying? I think that what he's saying is he wants us to be useful. Now, it doesn't matter to him if we choose to be cold in the sense of we're refreshing and, and it's beneficial, or if we choose to be hot and we're soothing and beneficial in that way. But that's where this balance comes in. Find out what you need to be. Find out you know, what we need to be. He's talking to this church here. What does this church need to be? It needs to be useful. And right now, for whatever reason, they chose to be right in the middle and kind of just, it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work either way. And if you look at, at the town of Laodicea, um, they would have to, to bring in water because they didn't have their own water supplies. And by the time the water actually got to that location, it would be lukewarm. And it's not, you know, it, it's not really useful. It's not useful like the hot water and it's not useful like the cold water. It's just kind of in the middle. And what do you really do with it? I mean, yeah, you can maybe do something with it and you can maybe cool it and it would be okay or maybe, you know, warm it up and then maybe it would be kind of beneficial like that. But it's it's not the same as hot water or the cold water. Both of those serve a wonderful purpose during this time. But the water that they're used to, uh, it, it wasn't all that that uh, much of a favorite type of water. People didn't travel around um, Laodicea, you know, travel to Laodicea to drink their lukewarm water wasn't going to bring people in. That's the image that Jesus wants them to see. He wants them to be useful. He wants them to understand this, this truth here. And he says, he, he kind of approaches them and gets them to realize that they're not right with him. In verse 17, he says, look, you say all of these things and it sounds great. You know, I'm rich. I've acquired this wealth and I don't need a thing. Which, by the way, they, they were a very wealthy place, and they were kind of known for some of these things that he's going to bring up, you know, these, these clothes, the, the, the riches, and the, this eye salve. So they were known for these things, and that's why Jesus talks about them, because they were well known to this, this church here, this, this people. They had thought, oh, well, you know, we're doing, we're doing great. You know, we're rich. We don't, we don't need a thing from anybody else. We can do it ourselves. He says, well, that's what you say. But the reality is different. Verse 17, he says, but you don't realize that you are wretched, you're pitiful, poor, blind, naked. All of these things, they thought they were doing so great and so well off for themselves. But in reality, they weren't. And I do think it, it is important for us to recognize that we can be like this in, in the church today. I mean, here, you know, we in America, we've been blessed in so many different ways. And we can say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm rich. I've got all this wealth. I don't need a thing from somebody else. But we need to really look at ourselves and see, okay, is that really the truth? Or, you know, maybe do we need to be a little bit more humble about it? What Jesus counsels them to do in verse 18 is he says, look, I counsel you. Come to me. That's what he says. Come to me to buy this gold. Come to me uh, to, to get these white clothes. Come to me so that you can get this eye salve and, and so that that way you can see. 
The thing that Jesus does is he just asks them to be humble and asks them to come to him and listen to him and let him help them. Jesus is the one that can help us all, isn't he? And this passage, of course, it kind of goes very much with what we see. Uh, There's a, a book in the Bible, the whole book of Proverbs, that is known for this wisdom that God has chosen to, to reveal to us and give to us. And in Proverbs 3, we see some things that we need to learn from God. Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 7. Listen to this counsel that we can get from God. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and will bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This is the type of counsel that they needed. This is the type of thing that they needed to turn to Jesus to receive. This type of wisdom, the wisdom to follow Jesus every day of their life. This is what Laodicea needed. But there's also more that is stated to the church at Laodicea. Back to Revelation now. Revelation 3, verses 19 through 20. Jesus, speaking to this church, he says, Though those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And they with me. This passage is one that, you know, maybe you, you've heard people talk about, and it's really a beautiful idea. You know, this and this passage, it's so important to understand, you know, this is not talking about uh, God speaking to just somebody who is a sinner. No, this is actually God. This is, this is Jesus himself who is speaking to a church. I mean, he's speaking to people who should already know better, but they're not being disciplined by him. You know, they're not receiving God's discipline. He says in verse 19 that, look, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So they need to respond to it. They need to respond to the discipline because he's right there with them. He's standing at the door. He's knocking. He wants them to open up and and he wants to come in and to have that type of fellowship. But for whatever reason, they have shut him out and they won't let him in. I hope that the same thing can't be stated about us. I hope that we're always willing to let Jesus in, to let him come in and to spend time with him, to share a meal with him, to live our lives with Jesus. I hope that we can learn that we need to always receive God's discipline willingly. Back to the book of Proverbs, because by the way, this passage kind of comes from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verses 11 through 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's wisdom. Do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. That's our God. This is what God desires. He wants us to be a part of his family, and he wants us to act like family and let him in and live life with him always. Going back to the church at Laodicea, Revelation 3, verses 21 through 22. To the one who is victorious, Jesus speaking, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right 
to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat down with my Father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Here we see this wonderful idea about this victory in Jesus. That look, we can have this victory. We can share in this victory of Jesus. I love that song. I love that message. We can have this victory. Jesus was victorious. And because of that, he was able to sit down with his father. And guess what? We can be victorious too. And we can come in and we can be with Jesus forever. Be right there in his presence. I hope that we can have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches and, and to us. I hope that we will have ears that will listen to that. And about this victory of Jesus, I want to just kind of fast forward uh, to the, the a couple chapters later in the book of Revelation and see how they are praising Jesus for this victory and about this victory. In Revelation 5, 9 and 10, they're singing this song about Jesus. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. This is how Jesus was victorious. And again, Revelation 5, 12, in a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. I hope that we will be people. I hope that we will be a church who will join in with this loud voice and say the same thing, that worthy is the lamb. He was victorious and he allows us to be victorious as well. He simply asks the church at Laodicea to humbly seek God's word, to seek God's counsel. He asks them to receive God's discipline. And he also asks them to celebrate this victory that is found in Jesus Christ. Can we do those things today? Can we humbly receive God's discipline and celebrate this victory? Let's do that. Let's celebrate this victory today and every day. God.